Kia ora, I'm Jen. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to A TARDIS OF ONE'S OWN. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. Hi Sophie. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> what, a, what a note to start on for the listeners. Um, just absolute mania coming into this meeting room that we would call a recording studio as I uh, make frantic phone calls about something that is not my job, but YOLO. 100% grade A work bullshit. Yeah. Like, literally, like, total horseshit that you have to be dealing with this. Yeah. And then our miscellaneous male colleague just being an absolute annoying piece of shit. Somehow (laughs) making it worse. This situation doesn't even directly relate to him or relate to him in any way. And yet, there he is, centering himself and making it worse. Just has to have an opinion and like, as I'm trying to deal with something and he can see myself stressed and he's like, what can I do to help? And I was basically nothing unless you want to knock me over with your car so I can be in a coma. But he also wasn't even like, what can I do to help? And like a totally like, you know that he, A, would be no actual help and also like, doesn't, yeah. And then he made a really unhelpful suggestion and I said, that's not actually helpful. And he just doubled down and then I walked off and he's like, if you'll let me finish my sentence. And I'm like, no, you had your chance. You don't owe him your ears. Anyway, so now I'm really pissed off. So that's a good note to do our little podcast, (laughs) isn't it? How are you? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. I think in the last episode of the ad, I was a bit like, oh, you know, ups and downs. And still the case, but, like, generally fine. It's mm. okay. It's just, I'm tired, dude. Yeah, mood. Towards the end of the year, don't really want to be working. I need a break. Yeah. Well, you know, six weeks to Christmas. <laughs> I know. Not that we're counting. So excited. It's actually less than six. It's, like, five and a half now. But no, not that I'm counting. Whatever. Also, we're not um, working that week, really. No, I mean, I'm in for a couple of days, but, like, three days. But, you know, like, the last day of that will be, you know, Christmas puzzles and banter. So Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, so, you know, trucking along, surviving. Haven't decided to fake my own death yet, so. No, but every day I get closer. Yeah. Every morning I wake up thinking, how? How do I opt out? <laughs> how do I fake my own death? I want to escape to Bali and run a bookshop on the beach. Dude, so we, so we recently looked at some ex- extremely affordable Airbnbs in Bali that are very fancy, that we could, like, long-term... Lease. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, we still need like, income. Oh, yeah, I'm only fans. Only, oh, right. Our, our feet to only fans. It's a goer. We've got six listeners on our podcast. Do you really think we have the marketing capability to get listeners? Um, and we love every one of you. Please do not. Do not deserve. No, us. I think, no, we, but this is because we're quite niche on the poddy with, you know. You think you the know, feet will open yeah, us up? Yeah, there'll be some Doctor Who themed feet. There'll be some Star Wars themed feet. There'll be some. House of Cards themed feet. <laughs> we're, we're appealing to everyone. The crown? Yeah, 100%. Wear a little crown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Um, how are you, apart from very literally just as we were coming into here drama? Yeah, I mean, I am insanely busy. I don't know why my life is just a mess at the moment. I'm moving in a week, so that's stressful. Yeah, I think it's a collision of factors for you. It's just all at once. Yeah, and I mean, I'm doing a um, a writing mentorship this month, which is really great, really enjoying it. I sort of signed up to it thinking that work is usually pretty chill. It wouldn't be too bad, but it's just been really busy. I've been busy with work. I've been busy with my own work that Mm. I don't really get to do because I'm busy with bullshit work that's not my work. Yeah. Bullshit contracting issues, um, obviously moving 
that's going to mm. take up some time and then the writing stuff. So yeah, I'm just like really slammed and really out of patience and the reserves are low. So if you push me, you're going to realize how patient I've been with you up until this point because I'm running on yeah. empty. And I also got really annoyed and I actually wanted to talk about, we didn't record last week because of work bullshit. So I was going to mention last week all this queerbaiting shit that happened to poor Kit Connor from oh, Heartstopper. like such rage, hey? Like I was incandescent <laughs> with rage that this 17 year old felt that he had to yeah. come out because, you know, kids were basically just bullying him on the internet. Yeah. it's Yeah, it's like young Gen Zs and mm-hmm. they also don't understand what queerbaiting is. No, no. What they're describing is not queerbaiting. No, queerbaiting is for media. It's not for real life people where you're like, I don't know what their sexuality is, so I'm just going to harass them. That is not queerbaiting. They don't owe you anything. No one owes you any information about their sexuality. Queerbaiting is for when you watch seven seasons of a show and you think that two characters are going to kiss and then at the last minute they're like, jokes, I've had a boyfriend all along and then also one of them dies. That's queerbaiting. Yeah. Watch some Supernatural and get back to me. (laughs) spend the whole time being like when are they gonna fuck to like any potential gay subplot and they never is the answer and then literally they'll just kill them so yeah that made me quite angry and I was really into it and I wanted to mention it and so sad just so fucking sad like Jesus we're moving on past this why is the youngies doing this missing the point of Heartstopper as well oh Christ and Kit made that point very well like don't think you you kind of captured the point of the show honestly media literacy inclusion and someone walked past the meeting room and they looked at us but we it's are, okay. We are. Pretend, we're pretend it's work related. I'm going to wear my MySpace lanyard. Oh, I didn't know. I mean, I caught that today. MySpace.com. Yeah. A place for friends. A very, uh, well, as you does know. Does what it says on the tin catchphrase. <laughs> as you know, I lost my lanyard in a ludicrous display in the lift. And then I couldn't find another lanyard. And as lift I, gate. <laughs> lift gate. 2022. As I was going through my lanyard collection at home, I discovered this MySpace one, which I got at a MySpace secret show in, I believe, 2006. So that dates me, Holy children. Shit. It, it's the same age as this, um, the apps we're listening to. It's vintage. Yeah. Dude, and how have you had a lanyard that's Well, I got it at a secret show, so therefore it went old. into my box of gig memorabilia it's not been exposed to sunlight no so then i was like actually online channels wow it does look a little bit it's meant to be white on black for the benefit of our listeners it, it's a bit beige <laughs> maybe it's kind of aged you but leave my space alone okay <laughs> do you know people now are saying things from the early 2000s like vintage they'll be like vintage handbag from 2002 i'm like no i'm vintage yeah Decrepit is what I am. Okay, never mind. Let's it's my birthday go. next week. Uh, yes, let's crack on to it. I mean, it's not next week, mate. It's the week after. Oh, work. This is <laughs> month. It just keeps on going. Okay, never mind. Go on. To give us an episode summary. Go on. I will go on. Uh, in episode seven of season two, we head back in time as the coronation of Elizabeth the First nears, and the streets of London live in fear. Faceless people are stolen from their homes in the night, and something evil is lurking in the television. Elizabeth II. QE2. You said Elizabeth I. Which Fuck, did I? Oh my god. <laughs> which would be a different episode. Me in the Tudor period. I mean, I'm <laughs> like, into TV Be speak. more English. I'm terribly sorry. That would be a great episode, like TV's in the Tudor period. Like, yeah, let's get the witchcraft involved, honestly. Yeah, sorry, obviously, Coronation, 1953, Elizabeth II. Not 1553, which was the coronation of uh, Elizabeth I. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> 
never learnt the coronation day. It's coming from a good Republican country down with the monarchy. Actually, it might um, have been 1554. Sorry. Anyway. But yeah, we're all very familiar with the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II because of the crown, which yeah, I'm sure will be like, coming up a lot. So, so we prepared for this episode for last week, but then didn't happen because of work mm. bullshit on mm. for Jen's horribly dealing with that. So when we watched this episode, The Idiot's Lantern, very heavily monarchy themed, the newest season of The Crown hadn't come out. Mm. But since then... We've been binging it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Strap it. And I mean, the crown starts with the Queen's coronation, right? There's that yeah, whole yeah, episode one. about, like, it's being televised, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Smith. Great. You know, the crown has been very kind to Philip. I'm just oh, Jesus fucking Christ. What was that tweet that someone said, like, it is unbelievable that the three most charismatic men of their respective generations <laughs> are playing Prince Philip, who literally has the charisma of a fucking wet tea towel. And Charles <laughs> as well. Like, come on, Dominic West. Oh, like, first of all, he's way too old. Yeah. Secondly, he is way too, like, I don't want to say sexy for our king, but way too attractive compared to Charles. Yeah, there's no planet on or plane in which Charles is attractive. We no, yes, this, this is just working theory. And I'm like, some of the rules are, but only in relation to Charles. Yeah, like I like said. Like, they're not objectively yeah, attractive. Harry is only attractive because compared to everyone else. Yeah. Okay. It's really unfortunate. Anyway, yeah, so. Digressing. Cool. Big Dale test. No. Yeah. I think no, right? No. No, because women never talk to each other. It's, oh, fucking hell. I suppose maybe the nan and the mum briefly exchange words oh, but they sort of talk to eddie um the toxic patriarch of the family rather than to each other so i'm gonna say no i don't think it's a convincing situation and then yeah. rose literally has his face sucked off so she doesn't talk for a lot of the time <laughs> lol face sucked off <laughs> yeah so you know we kind of have this cozy unsuspecting suburbs of london people are like getting ready for the coronations quite jubilant and then you have this undercurrent of people having their faces stolen ripped right off their skulls and some questionable cgi <laughs> Um, by a creature called the wire who feeds on ele- electrical energy and the local police department is just trying to like cover it up like because they've got a reputation right we've got yeah. to keep things together britain has an image to maintain the coronation's coming up we can't have this kicking off it's like when with the olympics they just ship all the homeless people out of the city because can't let people know that oh we've God. got problems yeah so yeah the wire hopes to use the coronation to feasts on all these people's faces as they tune in to watch it live for the first time on tv and I think one of the main overarching themes is that is like patriotism, right? It feels appropriate that the villain of this episode then tries to weaponize so many people's pride in their country yep. against them for their own self-gain. And then secondly, we kind of have the Connolly family and you've got the patriarch Eddie who is like sexist and emotionally abusive and alluded to being physical abusive as well. Yeah. And, you know, the doctor initially puts him in his place, encourages Tommy and Rita to stand up for himself, but then it ends on that really weird note where they're like, go after him, Tommy. Like, don't let your dad walk out. No, oh, mate, I'm so glad you read this early. This fucked. It's really bad. It's bad advice to give to someone who is yeah, in yeah. an abusive relationship. Yeah, like, it's literally. horrible. So then I was thinking of how patriotism and loyalty are often used to prop up existing power structures that benefit mostly cis white men. Mm-hmm. And that is my discussion topic. Yeah, heaps to unpack there, especially from this episode. General episode thoughts. Mm. I would say this is a very mid episode. Jen recently told me what <laughs> mid means, thanks to TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> my, the best bit about that exchange is when you messaged me being like, what is mid? And I said, okay, boomer. And you came back with, I'm younger than you. <laughs> Which only reflects poorly upon yourself. <laughs> 
No lies detected. <laughs> yeah, but it's a very mid episode. From mid of middling and mid-tone. Like, it's just, like, meh. I think... Like, I didn't hate it, but I don't want to marry it. Jeez. No, I saw both. Like, the, the villain's not really that compelling. I think the B-plot of the family, if they had landed that ending a bit better, I think mm-hmm. the going after it, the kind of saccharine ending, I don't like it. And no, but it's not even saccharine when it's, like, you're giving him objectively bad advice and to like, an abuser. It's just, again, as Rose and her daddy issues that she pushes Ooh. on everyone else. It's yep. very annoying. It's like she doesn't learn a lesson. No. Um, I also thought this is kind of like, Rose is very bullshit in this. Like, she's like, mm. I'm going to go confront this person. I've got no backup. I'm just going to take on the big bad and what could happen. Like, both her and Tina are kind of showing a lot of arrogance and overconfidence in their ability to to solve these problems. Yeah. Yeah, Rose is giving off strong budget Nancy Drew vibes. Yeah. Like, I can detect of this. Which, I mean, it's cool to see her with some fucking, you know, agency. But, yeah, it's just like, the execution is bad and mm. puts herself at risk and then, yeah. Actually, speaking of Heartstopper, Eris Lynn also directed this episode and he directed all of the Heartstopper oh, episodes. Oh, so. I knew I knew that name. Random. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw it in the thing and I was like, oh, how do I know Eris Lynn? Yeah, that's why. Huh. Interesting kind of discussion of thread. Mm-hmm. It has a some worrying classism in this. Yeah. So the wire played by Edwina Curry, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. She is doing a she's BBC voice. A very RP BBC voice that's coming through the TV. And that's really sharply contrasted to the families and the people basically exclusively who appear to be being defaced are very working class. Yeah. And yep. I'm like, mm, this is interesting. It's interesting as well because I noted that, you know, when the dad is selling out everyone, like he is the one selling out everyone on the street. Oh, yeah. They get their yeah. But he says, you know, to his wife when she's like, is this true or whatever, um, she was filthy, a filthy, disgusting thing. Mm. There's this real dehumanization of the people. And, you know, for a man who it's this big thing, he's come back from war, he's probably traumatized, whatever, whatever, fighting fascism. But to then go to that level where he's like, it's mm. a filthy, disgusting thing. I'm like, okay, so you're buying into the rhetoric of the oppressors now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you add that classism layer over the top, it's like these people are disposable and therefore worse less because they are working class, you know, mm. or not the upper echelons of society. <sighs> yeah. Some worrying domesticity, like misogyny stuff here too. Oh, yeah. You know, very early on in the episode, the Doctor says to Rose, that's what I like about you, Mm -hmm. the domestic angle. But Rose isn't domestic at all, really. Mm. Like, does she bring in domestic angle because she's female presenting and she's femme? Or because she's just, in comparison to the Doctor, more caring? Mm. I mean... People focused. Yeah, right? But that's bullshit that this is the domestic angle. And he's also so judgy of Jackie's past, which is quite misogynistic in a way when, Mm. you know, Rose is like, oh, she went out with a sailor. And he's like, ho, 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 I bet she did. Like, don't be... Wow, we slut-shaming. Yeah. We're slut-shaming, cool. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, if patriarchy is the governing system opposing, opposing it can easily be viewed as unpatriotic. You know, if your government is run, if your country is run by patriarchy then if you are in opposition to it you are viewed as unpatriotic i think you see this a lot in america in particular where Mm. they are incredibly patriotic in the u.s yeah and so a lot of that kind of right wing kind of anti-wokeism is because it's viewed as anti-patriotic right which immediately puts marginalized people in conflict with the state because they're the ones who are campaigning for equality they're the ones Mm. pushing to do things and i think that's even 
more evident in places with greater state control, like Iran right now, Uh, what you come up with. But also why campaigns for equality are often put in the back burner during times of conflict, like if you think of the suffragette movement during the World War One, right? Mm -hmm. Suddenly it was like, okay, can't do that now because we need to fight for Britain and put that aside. But a lot of suffragettes were like, actually, now is the time to really prove our point because Mm -hmm. if you concede now, you can't come back from it, you know? Yeah. I think it might be worth just raising the point that this episode does have those themes of intimate partner violence Mm. and familial abuse that we obviously are not even going to be able to touch on generally. Mm. So there are far more better resources. Yeah. (laughs) Online. Yeah, and also advice and support that you can get that is not the doctor and Rose being like, don't cut them out of your life. Smiley face. Yeah. I actually wanted to mention this thing when I was briefly researching this theme, that in 1938, you know, at the dawn of the the war, Virginia Woolf wrote a piece called Three Guineas, and in it she said, as a woman I have no country, as a woman I want no country, as a woman my country is the whole world, and it was this kind of anti-war, which, you know, is this kind of rejection of national allegiance, because Woolf argues it's fatally connected to aggression, and it appears categorically and unmistakable. So for her to assert her independence as a woman, she has to withdraw from their patriotic feelings because patriarchy patriotic feelings and the desire to protect and maintain a national independence is aggressive and Mm. feels male interesting and so by opposing that you just have to opt out yeah because you kind of chafe against the powers that be that tell you like i'm not i don't really believe in patriotism no yeah no i agree and people always say to me like because obviously i left england fuck over 12 years ago Mm. And they'll say like, "Oh, do you do you miss your homeland?" And I'm like, "No, I don't have any sense of connection, really." Like, you know, I have nice memories, individual memories of my experience there, some parts of my childhood and time yeah. at university. But like, as a sense of of a nationality, like I don't have that at all, and I don't have it in New Zealand either. Mm. I just no, I like to pick and choose my nationalities as as the occasion requires. I'm like, who do I want to be for this sporting event? Mix and match. Like I was saying to you before, Ooh, yeah. yeah, I'm never more Australian than when the Olympics are on and there's swimming going on. Like, then I am just full bore the most Australian ever. Like, I'm like, fucking clean up. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm definitely not New Zealander during the Olympics. Like, there's nothing that annoys me more than Kiwis being like, but per capita, we oh, have no, the oh, most. Every, <laughs> if I have a dollar for every single fucking time, they're like, if you work at the medals at per capita, we're actually third in the table. But we're like, meanwhile, cool, Steve. Yeah. Australia is <laughs> sitting up like number four on the medal tally, being like, guys. Come on. So, and, yeah. And Australia's like however many, a fraction of the size of America, and that's their main competitor. Yeah. So, what? There's no yeah. way I'm supporting no, New Zealand yeah, in the middle. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I know. I know. Uh, Step it and up. the Aussies can swim. Swim very well. Yeah. Do very Despite well. Despite the sharks. Well, maybe because of the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's dark. I was going to say do you think patriotism stunts progress? Do I think patriotism stunts progress? Hmm, interesting. I would say, so let's approach this from its antithesis. Mm. I would say that there's you could probably quite quickly draw a line between when it progresses things mm. in times of war. You know, like America coming into the Second World War, like it did intense things for its manufacturing power. 
you Germany can... inventing weapons, like development of the V2 rockets. like And know, a really good example of that yeah. is a league of their own. If you haven't watched that, it's quite a good way of mm. seeing how, you know, men being away at war, suddenly women had powers that they didn't have previously. And also people of color were given opportunities that they weren't given previously. But also, isn't that just capitalism? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not sure if that's necessarily patriotism to America. I mean, it was like, we've got to keep morale up, guys. Interesting. I think it might stunt progress sometimes in terms of social progressiveness Mm. like a willingness to challenge a tradition because it's seen as like legacy or history prime example of this is the british monarchy Mm -hmm. like i mean there was a time and a place and that time and place is not now for a monarchy but it has literally a thousand years of history plus i mean it's so entrenched within what this idea of Oh, you haven't watched the episode. So I, I'm a couple of apps ahead of Jen and the Crane, so no spoilers. But there's a point when someone is drawing this line between, like, the BBC mm. is Britain. Like, it's the sense of Britishness. It, and I would argue the same as that, that kind of those attitudes around the monarchy. But, like, when you can't kind of unpack. It's interesting, yeah. because if we think about the new season of The Crown... This is not a Crown podcast, but for this episode it is. If we think about the new new season of The Crown, there are loads of people who came out before it aired being like, this is ridiculous, you know, the Queen's just died, it's disrespectful to do The Crown now, blah, blah, blah. Big pushback, saying they should put a disclaimer at the front saying that it's fiction, you know, all this stuff. (laughs) Which previously no one really cared about because the Queen was such an institution and stuff, everyone was like, whatever. But now that Charles is on the throne, and frankly, history is not kind to Charles. History's kind to none of them. No, it is true. And it just makes me think, you know, is that patriotism? Because suddenly because the Queen has died and now we've got a new king and, you know, there was a lot of patriotism around us. Suddenly people, you know, everyone was all of a sudden pro-monarchy and you couldn't say anything bad about the monarchy or you were, like, out on your ass being like, how dare you? She's not even cold in her grave yet and you're being anti-monarchy. And, yeah, so people who didn't have opinions were now, like, we can't have this thing that's going to undermine the king. Patriotism, right? Like, come on. Yeah, no, it is that. And I will robustly push back about anything that um, implies that it can't stand up to critique. Mm. I don't want anything to do with you if we can't, you know, critique it in, in, in any way, right? And like, we've spoken about it. A lot of the stuff in The Crown, the most horrible stuff, is the stuff that we all know to be true. Like, oh my god, Prince just... Charles breakdancing. <laughs> Fuck, not even fiction. Like, they fictionalise some of the in-betweeny bits and maybe they big up things and, you know, like... But but some of the actual worst bits are actual things. Also, Dominic happen. West made him look way cooler in that scene because we watched the scene Body earlier today. West. Yeah. And it was not good. I think at least Dom had some skill. So the Chrissy Crossy knee hands? Yeah, that was weird. A I man... don't know. That dance move has a name and it's not Chrissy Crossy knee hands, but the you Charleston. know what I mean. <laughs> no, it's not the Charleston. <laughs> Charles is just so miserable when he's sitting around being like, oh, woe is me. And no, then he like, am, actively yeah. tries to depose his mother. Like. No. <laughs> <Lol>. <laughs> What's hilarious is that this part of the crown is set in 1992. And I just want to be like, mate, she's got another 30 years in her. 30 fucking, like, she lived so long. Out of spite, I think. Literally, she's like, I will never die. He's the eldest Succeed, like exceeding air because he's like 70 fucking two or some bullshit they should have just skipped them because we're just going to have to do all of this again in 10 years I mean yeah if we're lucky but his dad did go a long time but but no it's, it's a great point I have been watching this series of Crown and being like oh my god this is the king now because particularly like with the Diana stuff and I'm not you know a lot of it is fictionalised everyone doesn't know both sides of the story 
Diana definitely did bad stuff too, but Charles did objectively bad stuff that he admitted to and is in the public record. Mm. And then it's like, well, should people in you know power be perfect? No, they shouldn't. But first of all, no one elected them. No. And this whole thing about, you know, being the defender of the faith and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, I feel like actually I'm a defender of all faith. Like, whatever. Who elected you? Like, no one. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, so yeah, patriotism bad is what I'm saying. (laughs) Tangent. These people weren't patriotic and weren't so pro-monarchy, they wouldn't have had their faces sucked off because they wouldn't have been buying random televisions from Mr. Magpie, like, on the nose name. Okay, so, Mr. Magpie, is he giving you strong Benny from the Mummy vibes? <laughs> when he was like, I will become your slave, Peter, kill me! <laughs> right? He's yeah. like Benny from the Mummy. I thought Mr. Magpie was, like, just the brand name. I didn't realise it was no, an actual like name. Mr. Like... His first name's probably, like, Kenneth or something. Mr. Kenneth Magpie. He used to be a magpie and then a witch turned him into a man. Well, I mean... Not unlikely. But then it's really sad because the reason he's going along with it is he wants to be spared, but also because he's she's in his head, but I mean I assumed a gender for the wire there. The wire is in Mr. Magpie's head, but not like taking his face, so he's just experiencing this intense pain and suffering. Mm. So he's basically doing anything to be like, Go along with you, just like despair me, like take away this pain. Yeah. And then he ends up being disintegrated. I know, he gets electrocuted or like It's just fucking grim. Yeah, yeah, again, Doctor Who being savage and a totally like ha ha ha, baddies get hurt way when sometimes they're not even baddies, they're just collateral damage. A lot of collateral damage. Yeah. She really reminded me the whole thing thing the aesthetic was very much like media from like Gillian Anderson as media in the first season of American Gods oh you have her in the TV should I watch American Gods yes or no I quite enjoyed the first season I've actually but I never went back so I don't know what that says like I didn't yeah, watch the I've rest of them yeah I've a mixed bag of reviews hey yeah okay cool love that I think I kind of in my head made this like connection when you raise this topic of patriotism to this idea of loyalty mm-hmm. and so patriotism is you know loyalty to the crown such a keenness to watch the coronation on TV, like it's well known that it really massively, you know, millions of TV sets were bought and brought TV into homes of, of so many people in a way that hadn't, you know, like it needs something to give a big impetus to make mm. that happen. Oh, yeah, side question the imminent coronation of King Charles. Mm. I mean, obviously, like a big chunk of the world has TVs compared to in 1953, but. I don't know if people give a shit. I'm not watching it. How many people watched the funeral? Loads loads of people, but I also didn't. I was just like, I don't care about this. Yeah. I quite like watching the videos of the parade afterwards. Oh. But I was just like, I like a bagpipe. Pipers were quite good. really? Yeah, I love a bagpipe. You don't like a bagpipe? She's English. (laughs) (laughs) Arrest her. I would like to apologise to Scotland. Yeah, you should apologise. Um, Give back Balmoral. Seize it. <laughs> well, actually, now we can, right? Just draw a line under um, it. Yeah, Soph and I think you should put... Get out the catapults. Take yeah. it back. Trebuchets. Um, and just give it to uh, Nicola Sturgeon. She deserves it. She's amazing. Um, then, yeah, so this loyalty thread of, like, loyalty from the Doctor to Rose. So Rose gets defaced. Yeah. And the Doctor is, like, fairly nonchalant up to that point. And then he goes, well, I just call full retribution mode. And very intensely says, now there is no power on this earth mm-hmm. that can stop me. Yeah. And it's like, wow, David Tennant being hardcore. And then in the horrible domestic situation of that loyalty of the wife and their son to their abusive husband slash father. And I mean, I say loyalty. I think a lot of it is fear, obviously. 
And also, um, but you know, like patriarchal standards of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, he's the head of the household. He owns. He actually, in the end, doesn't own the house, which is good because the wife can kick him out. But he probably has a tight grip on the purse strings. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Like that's security. That's income. That's you know. It's yeah, status. You know, everyone in the neighborhood respects him. He holds yeah. a lot of power, and yeah, it's just that kind of patriarchal reinforcement of power structures that make it hard for women to leave, especially yeah. back then. Especially back then if that you know before at the end when she manages to turf him out successfully you know if she decided to leave she probably would have not got custody of her son who would have stayed with the father and they also needed the doctor to come in and be like pull Eddie down to size and he's the one who came in and was like I'm not listening and what gender is the queen and he was just real OTT which is great like love it but also in a way it's like you needed a man to speak up like a man man to challenge a man yeah you couldn't couldn't just do it yourself yeah, fighting your battles on your behalf. Yeah. White man as saviour. Yeah. Yet again. But he's not riding a horse called Arthur this time. Yeah, and I think, you know, the episode wants to kind of like, tries to shine a light on that dark side of that kind of idyllic 1950 yep. family structure. But, and it's not a bad idea in theory because like a lot of that was terrible. A lot of women were trapped. It was horrible situations and people weren't having a great time. It was just this perception, step foot wife perception of perfection, mm-hmm. right? But then it really just lets it down with the ending. Like it yeah. sets it up and then it just drops the ball by being like, I don't understand why. What was the point? Was it supposed to be uplifting that Tommy goes after Eddie? It's just weird. I think, yeah, I think it's meant to be uplifting. It's meant to... <sighs> give us a hard to swallow I think lesson on forgiveness and mercy hmm. but but you've painted Eddie to be this deplorable human there's yeah. nothing redeemable about him at any yeah. point in the episode and then, and then within seconds yeah you should have given us something yeah is it just the fact that he fought in a war is that the only thing that we're supposed to uh, what? you know you didn't give him any kind of redeeming arc no and then they just like tap that on the end of like oh you know Go and after your dad. It's daddy issues. It's straight up fucking daddy issues. Yeah. And then Rose, yeah. I just, I, I expect better from the doctor. Like, Rose I can forgive in a way because she does have daddy issues and she was rejected by Pete just in the last episode, right? So it's quite a fresh wound if we believe that they came straight here. But, yeah. like, seriously, no, fuck that line of thought. This idea that you should give someone a second chance just because they're, like, blood family. We've discussed mm. this before. Like, More I don't, times. you know, people yeah. are complicated and I don't believe in cutting people out immediately if they're causing you any sort of issues i do think you should give people a chance but this is a toxic abusive relationship yeah the hardest part of that is leaving or getting yeah. out of that situation and then to tell people that oh yeah no just Straight like leave away, the door open you should go after him yeah no it's offensive yeah you should have given some redeeming qualities if he wanted me to believe that is all I, I'm yeah saying. i do think that this episode for want of a better word is problematic in a number of directions mm. and with that whole patriotism colonialism specifically like at one point I think it's Mr. Magpie that says, we may be losing the empire, but we can still be proud. Yeah. No. You should be losing the fucking empire. Yeah. Thieves! And we're going to have an hour of ranting, which is a side podcast titled Jen's Thoughts on the Commonwealth. (laughs) The Commonwealth... Listen, listen. (laughs) The Commonwealth makes no fucking scenes. Secondly, (laughs) the British and Irish Lions, as a sporting team, make no fucking scenes. It's a colonialist hangover, and we should be embarrassed that it persists to this day. Now we're supposed to be excited that they're doing a women's British and Irish Lions tour? No. The first one was bad enough. The men are bad enough. Now you're bringing the women into it? Fuck you. I hate it. Subscribe to my newsletter. (laughs)
I will make one for you. Substack is where it's at. Makes me so angry. Okay, never mind. Um, yeah, maniacal evil laugh on the TV. Let's just do uh, random observations. Um, yeah. So that's my top one. The wires RP laughter equals V creepy. It's creepy as fuck. And then she's like, hungry, hungry, feed me. Yeah, no. I shall consume you, doctor. I did not like the feeding stuff. It is weird. No, it's very the tasty weird. thing is weird. Yes. Oh god. I mean, I, I I feel like I'm a broken record, and yet again. The TARDIS puts them in the wrong year. <laughs> Not in the wrong year, the wrong place. They think they're in New York for an unreasonable amount of time when it is clearly terraced suburban London. And they're like, wow, I'm so excited for New York. No. No. Fucking TARDIS. Um, it is a bit boring that we've just been in London. We've been in London a lot uh, yeah. this episode. They didn't have the, the budget season, for overseas rather. flights. Did you see Disney has come on board as a distribution partner for the Oh new my god, dude. Fuck, I knew there was something I want to talk to you about. Hundred million dollars or something for a budget, right? Um so they said the budget now from to be like recent Who has had a much bigger budget than two thousand six Who, yeah. let's be honest. But they said the average budget per app has been one to three million pounds. It's now going to be rumoured to be going as high as ten million pounds per app. What are they gonna are they gonna be in fucking space? How are they going to spend ten million pounds on? Jesus Christ! It's not Game of Thrones. It's not Rings of Power. Well, maybe we will get some Rings of Power. We we won't be tolerating no face CGI. Have, like like we'll Brad Pitt. Like what are they going to spend that on? Casting. We won't like, be tolerating people just on MS Paint photoshopping out Rose's face, like just brushing it out. None of that. I'm expecting space. I'm expecting waterfalls. I'm expecting amazing costumes. You better get Weta involved. Yeah, Let's yeah. Make this happen. Get a dragon. a big budget Doctor Who. It's very weird. It is very weird. But I am... Oh, pfft, whatever. Give someone else a crack. I mean, at least... It's Americans, unfortunately. Yeah, but... and I mean, at least that does mean that it'll be streaming on Disney+. Plus. And I know Disney is evil and there's a lot of complications, but I do... I am a creature of comfort and habit. And if I can find everything I need on one streaming platform, that would be kind. Because currently we illicitly trade DVDs like it's a black market drop in a pub. I remember at the beginning of a film when they were like, would you steal a handbag? And then I mean... it didn't like... You wouldn't steal a car. I mean, I would if I could download <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, So, yeah. So, like, Jen has lent me her portable DVD player, which is doing its best, though occasionally does get a little bit like, sound. And I, uh, yeah, we, we share the DVDs. Jen will watch the whole DVD's worth of apps and then give it to me. Like, we're doing some weird drug deal in a car park. <laughs> <laughs> like, because the early seasons are not anywhere to stream. It's horrific. Yeah, I never I, thought I'd watch a DVD ever again. I know, and I own them. So it's not like I've illegally burned these DVDs. No, just to clarify if anybody yeah. in law enforcement is listening. And yeah, this just shows that we're not illegally streaming. We are swapping DVDs like it's yeah. 2006. We're really yeah. getting into the vibe. <sighs> Um, yeah, but I only have four seasons, so... And then no, I believe... I think then we can go to Prime? Yes, Matt Smith seasons are showing either on Neon or Prime. And... Yeah. Okay, good. You say... Well, yeah. But then also, it'll probably be on Disney Plus by then, because that's literally... Like I mean, it will be years, years away, away, but it's a lot of content. Okay, okay let's, let's just crack, crack me some random observations. Okay, cool. Um, um, brain comes pouring out of your ears. That's what television does. Anti-television sentiment oh, for a television yeah. show. Bizarre. Um, circling back, bizarre CGI on the literally, like, erased face. Mm. But I think some of them, when they were close up in the little holding cell bit, I think that was actually just fabric. I think the close-up scenes, some of them were prosthetic. Oh. No. I mean, I was like, that doesn't look CGI. That looks like they've just somehow... Put a stocking over Yeah, there. and like, you know, like face latexed it down tight and then foundationed over the top. Mm. I mean, that might not be true. If you work in special effects, uh, Get in employees touch. of Weta, um, <laughs> Tardis have one zone at uh, gmail.com. Yeah, let us know, actually. Yeah. Police officers, 
Especially that posh one that says, Sans Visage. <laughs> um, also that they, two things, they called it Operation I know, Market, Market Store. Lol. And secondly, I liked that they were, they were very eager to admit, I mean, to another dude, who they shouldn't trust and be telling operational secrets to, but very quick to admit that they didn't have a fucking clue, which I like people admitting their deficits. Yeah, that's Especially true. in law enforcement. I quite unliked the line, men in black, vanishing police cars, this is Churchill's England, not Stalin's Russia. And I mean, at that point, they're still in Stalin's Russia, in mm. Russia, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just the TARDIS. Like they should have dropped them in Stalin's Russia, though. That would have been an interesting episode. <sighs> Fuck. Rose and the Doctor visit the Gulag. God. She'll be a dinner lady cooking borscht. But you know it. Because she's there for the domestic angle. Um, yeah, well, are you suggesting the Queen does housework, speaking of domestic angles? I mean, yes, I am. She's a normal person. Well, she definitely plays with the corgis. No, well, that's not, I mean, there's a lot of corgi content. Love the corgis. They're my favourite bit. The only redeeming factor of the monarchy. Can you believe that fucking Andrew's been given the corgis to look after? Well, you can't be trusted with anything Bad else. Bad people don't get nice dogs. I have to say, the actor they got for Andrew does look a lot like Andrew. No, I know, but it doesn't. But that's way because he's way too old. I've said it before. I say it again. The casting in season five is fucked in terms of ages. But they've gone for vague likenesses that some are but actually looks, quite good likenesses. It does not look like it when I was looking at his photos. But they whatever they've done with his hair and his makeup, yeah, they yeah, do yeah. the mannerisms. These actors have really yeah. nailed the mannerisms, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah um, you know. I don't like the way they're hand flexing from the no face people. They do a lot of weird hand flexing. Yeah, and I'm not it's into that. it's uh, intimidating. Yeah, and then also how they kind of surrounded the doctor. It reminded me of the the plastic people from the first episode of the first season. You know, the oh yeah, yeah. the mannequins. Yeah, the uh, alive kind of mannequins. Yeah. The melty bin. Plastic Mickey. Oh, plastic Mickey. <laughs> when Rose was like something a bit off with you, Mickey. Just no, shows I'm fine. Shows how much Rose actually pays attention to Mickey that she couldn't even notice that he was now a plastic bin. <laughs> Essentially. Um, I thought it was quite like I think the dad is so evil that he's almost a caricature. Like, oh no, hundred percent he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he and is. then he's a pastiche of horrible man. That line where the son stands up finally and he's like, You fought against fascism, remember? People telling you how to live who you could be friends with, who you could fall in love with, who you could live and had to die. Don't you get it? You were fighting so little twerps like me could do what we want, say what we want. Now you've become just like them. Boom, informing on everyone. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. My note says Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I don't think... Oh, I mean, this is a conversation for another day, but that's a bit... You know when, like, retrospectively, we add a lot more poignancy, glorification, romanticism to motivations? Mm. I don't know if most people fighting in the Second World War were thinking that far. More thinking... They're going to invade us. Yeah, or like, we've got to protect the country because that's what people expect of us to do. I don't want, you know, all these horrible Germans to be here. And they were dragging their feet getting involved. They dragged their feet a little bit. Mm. They were like, oh, well, he's taking Austria. America, but yeah. Ah, well, I mean, America. Poland. When he went into Poland, they were like, all right. I guess we better do something. And then the Blitz fucked England up and it was okay. And now it's personal. Yeah, and then, you know, same with America. Like, oh, you've bombed Pearl Harbor, so I guess we'll get involved. Anywho, because patriotism. They're only going to act when it affects them personally, not when it's the right thing Mm. to do. So stand up moments-wise. Oh, actually, I just want to say one more thing. There is a random Kylie Minogue reference in this episode. Oh, yes, that was Kylie, right? Yeah. Yeah, weird. it's like, uh, it's never too late, as a wise person once said. Kylie, I think, rando, especially because Kylie Minogue will guest star in Doctor Who. So I think that maybe they knew the Christmas special was going to have her in it. Oh, so you think and they're, they're like, like dropping a little Easter egg in to make people be like, why don't you talk about Kylie? 
Or maybe because of that, they actually went to Kylie, you know, oh, chicken or the egg. Yeah. They went to Kylie and were like, for banter, we kind of dropped you in this one. Do you actually want to be in one? And she was like, I've got nothing on. <laughs> sure. Why not? Mm. That's quite camp, though. Yeah. yeah. Camp icons. Okay. Can I, now can I... Stand out my mango yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, so... Rose having more personality and being, mm. you know, a budget Nancy Drew, but typically, like, my other note is, otherwise, dot, 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 not much stood out. Mm-hmm. Really? I just, yeah. There's definitely been worse episodes, but I was kind of clock-watching a bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. My out episode was the vintage cars and the Vespa. I quite enjoyed oh, that. Oh, cute. And I liked the aesthetic with Rose's dress and the costuming. I think the costuming was the standout moment for me. Like, the, the props department cute. got to do a bit more. Did Tennant have a quiffy hair? He did. I did not like that. No, though. yeah. But Doesn't that was a token him. effort, too, because he doesn't dress up. Notoriously, yeah. Rose always gets forced towards the costume box, and the doctor's just like, <laughs> this is my one outfit. I wear my one outfit. It's also my personality. Maybe it's her choice to dress up, though. Maybe she's into it. Maybe she's I always mean, in the costume, costume box. True. I need to be open to that idea, but I feel like that's not right. But... <laughs> All right, great. Well, that's on. okay. I'm projecting my my good for challenging me on my assumptions. Thank you. Key um, assumptions check. Yeah, so that's that's it. That's our episode. <laughs> Patriotism's bad. Episode is mid. Don't TV. be loyal to bullshit, especially dudes. And don't just follow toxic people around because they happen to be blood related to you. So yeah. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> next week. We'll be watching episodes eight and nine, The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit. Oh, that's another double. Mark, mark your fave. Um, <laughs> let us know your thoughts by emailing a of one's own at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram. Well, while Twitter is momentarily still alive, can't say that it will be in two weeks, but we'll see. Yeah, and you can check out the show notes for links and for all the references discussed in this episode. Delightful. We wish you very nice weeks. Let's all press on to a hopeful Christmas break. We're and so close. attempt to hang on to sanity not trivializing insanity but you know we can do it i believe in all of us yeah. godspeed yeah <laughs> all right like and subscribe bye bye, bye.